Hello everybody, it's me Ross, and welcome to a historic game day extra time. A new dawn has arisen, a new era, new, 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 new era, and it's switched down, has happened. I think you already know what's been going on. The takeover has been confirmed, and oh, I cannot wait to get the thoughts from the game day extra time posse. We are joined by John Watson and co, as I said on the main pod, but the co are also fantastic gentlemen. David, Liam and Harvey and Ben are joining me to talk about the takeover. Look at Marcus Evans's tenure as owner for the last 13 years and also look ahead to a game. There's also a game this weekend. I think after the Rotsdale game, we sort of said, yeah, let's not have any more games. But uh, the takeover has taken over the news. So we're going to get right into that. Um, so the first person I want to go over to is a man that, I haven't really spoke to him about much about the uh, takeover. So, David, you knew I was going to go over to you first. <laughs> so, um, your I guess, thoughts... I've, not, I've not been around for a while, have I? Yeah, you haven't been around. So I'm sure people are interested to hear what you've got to say about the takeover. Are you happy? Um, yes. I'm, 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 I'm not as ecstatically sort of over the moon and sort of coming over all unnecessary and running around North Wales with my todger out, as some people might be. Um, but, yeah, it, I'm, I'm pleased it's been done. Um, I have some concerns. Not No, 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 not concerns. I've, I've got a, little, a few, few sort of just sort of caveats in the back of my mind because owners aren't always the best thing when they come in everybody gets all excited we were all excited by Marcus Evans all of those years ago Blackburn were very excited by Venkies Sheffield United were excited when the shake took over you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um sort of precedent for excitement turning into into a mess Aston Villa had a really good time for a couple of years under Randy Lerner until he lost interest and when decided to play golf or something. So, yes, I'm pleased it's been done. I think I'm reasonably hopeful, especially having watched all of these sort of extensive interviews and things yesterday. Um, I think that one thing that is good is that they're, they're, they seem to be football people, which it, which I think is, we'll come on to this later, but I think it's one of Marcus Evans's biggest problems is the fact that he didn't understand the industry. So I'm quietly optimistic about it, but I'm not completely overboard about it either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. And, and my biggest thing, it just puts to bed all the absolute rank bollocks all the time about fucking takeovers and Evans has got to go and all of this sort of thing. We can just get on with talking about football instead of having an argument about whether or not Marcus Evans is good, bad, indifferent, or whether you'd rather have a bowl of Cheerios or eat his toenails. It doesn't really matter. He's gone. So we can move on, talk about something different. And I'm bored of Marcus Evans. Well, well put as ever. And um, Matt sort of took over the, the bollocks saying, um, so you're back saying that as well. So I'm pleased <laughs> to have that back. Um, I want to go over to I, Harvey I, I, next. I, 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 need to, I need to annoy people on social media a little bit more. I've done my feet. I need to do some bollocks now. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, pleased to have you back as ever. Um, but yeah, you, you sort of mentioned a Welshman about... Um, you know, running around Wales with his todger out. Um, and that is good old Harvey, the sweet Welsh prince. Um, I'm going to get his thoughts now on the takeover. I know he was very excited about it when it first got announced or when the, you know, reports were happening. He was going, oh my God, let's get this done. USA, USA and all that. So Harvey, are you happy? Are you buzzing, boy? 
I'm, I'm very, very happy. I can confirm that I didn't run around North Wales naked, um, much to the happiness of, of the entirety of North Wales, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I, I am absolutely buzzing. My, my kind of older, overriding emotion, uh, kind of feeling is, is, is honestly emotion. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, they, like John and David have, have, have kind of been around to see, um, you know, the, the kind of good times that, that we've been through as well. But, you know, the kind of best memories I have of town really are a, are a Paul Anderson equaliser in the playoff semi-final and a, and a Tamas Priskin winner against Arsenal. That, that's how depressing my kind of Ipswich memories have been. Um you know, when Evans took over, it was kind of vaguely kind of remember him taking over. And, and since then, it's it has been a gradual decline. So to see real, real positivity around the club, so, something which we haven't had in such a long time, it's just, it's a real, real breath of fresh air. And honestly, I, I did feel emotional when it was announced. Maybe that's a bit silly, who knows? But that, that, was, my, that was my overriding feeling because I feel like this has been kind of coming for so long. Um, you know, it's we're a massive, massive club, and and, and like has been said so often, we sh- we shouldn't be sat in League One, but we are because you know of, of a series of of, of errors and a, you know a kind of sleepwalking into the position we're in for so long. Um, you know, it's it's great to see how engaging they are. Um, I'll never criticise Evans in terms of you know you look at the the Boltons and the, and the Berries and teams like that. Um, and you know he did invest was it six seven million a year he did keep us afloat especially during you know the times of the pandemic where you've seen so many clubs get into financial trouble so I'll always respect him for that but there was no doubt that it, it, it had gone stale a long time ago um, you know he, he started kind of when he took over 13 14 years ago you know football was a very very different place then to what it is now so um We've got to move with the times. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing that now. Of course, there's no guarantees. I can see some people that are cautiously optimistic, but uh, yeah, I just lost my shit, and I don't feel bad for that. So um, yeah, no, I'm absolutely buzzing. Hopefully, like spot on. What you know, what David said, we can focus on on, on the what's going on on the pitch now, um, and I'm looking forward to a summer of what's going to be immense change not just on the pitch but off the pitch the whole structure of the of the football club is going to change and, and rightly so we've been so so behind the times I've been saying this for so long for for a good few years and and, and that isn't going to happen you know the, these changes aren't going to happen overnight it's going to take a long time for these changes to be implemented but um for the first time in a in a, in a very long time I'm you know I'm I'm really really optimistic about the future and I think this this is going to be a great move for for everyone involved, really. You know, the the town, you know, the the, the club as a whole, um, and hopefully, yeah, the, the good times are are not are not so far away again. Indeed, well said as ever. Um, yes, the good news rolling in. Um, I want to go below you, Harvey. If you're watching this on video, I'm going below him, and that is Ben on my screen. I think it's probably the same on your screens as well. Um, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that is. Um, but yes, Ben. A new dawn, a new era has begun. Are you excited? Are you looking forward? Are you strapping yourself in for a good ride? Or are you a bit concerned? 
Um, no, I think we've got to embrace the excitement right now. I, I you know, I understand that you know there's always going to be a few doubts, a few concerns when you have a takeover. Um, you know, of our of our club. You know, you feel like it's a family member. It's been you know generations of fans passed down for years, for decades, um, and you. You just feel a part of it, it you know it feels an emo- like Harvey said you get emotional about it you know we've spoken about it in our family today and that is what that was the overriding emotion was how much it sort of means to us watching the interviews last night um stayed up way past my bedtime just to you know soak it all in and despite the wife telling me to go to sleep because it did feel a bit like christmas day you know it's, it's, it's huge news you can't underplay it um, you know, for other football fans out there, it probably doesn't even touch the Nationals. But for those involved in Ipswich Town Football Club and Suffolk as a whole and, and the outer-reaching fans and fan base, it, you know, it's massive news. If you can't get excited about this, then you probably shouldn't be following the football club. Um, I, I, yeah, touched by the words that they said, um, Brett Johnson and Michael O'Leary, I thought they spoke really well. Um, to a certain extent, you've got to expect that. You know, they're, they're coming in, they, they want us to be excited. That You know, they're certainly not stupid. Um, if you look at American sport, they, they know how to do it in terms of marketing and PR. And I expect that we'll see much, much more of that moving forward. But that's a good thing. You know, I think as a club, certainly we've been sleepwalking for, for years. And maybe as a fan base, a little bit as well, until we've, we've a lot of us have got so angry recently about efforts on the pitch and off the pitch that... You know, we've got a voice, but we, we can't do too much, particularly in the pandemic. So it's hugely exciting. It's hugely exciting. Sorry, I can't wait to see all the changes that are going to happen, hopefully around the ground and the match day experience. Get more excited to go to games when hopefully we're allowed to do that next year. Um, to wipe off the debt is probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, 100 million basically in debt has been almost wiped off overnight, apart from a small bit left. Um, and, you know, fair play to Marcus Evans for helping to do that. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but right now, the Stars and Stripes, hail to America. I'm not a huge fan of that country, but they've gone up in my estimation, thanks to a few of their citizens um, over the last 24 hours. And, uh, yeah, let's embrace it. Let's all get there. Port Road, August next year. And uh, if they let enough fireworks and we have to sing the national anthem, I couldn't give two hoots if we get promoted and they whack 100 million in the club or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. I'm strapped in, Ross. Yes, love it. Um, over to you then, Liam. Um, I'm sure we're going to be planning a, a pre-season tour to America. Um, probably not this summer, maybe next. We'll wait and see. I'm sure you'll be happy to, to give me a road trip for that. Um, how are you feeling, <laughs> Liam? You... you um, you buzzing about this? Good news for once for us to talk about. Uh, it's a new dawn, a new day, a new life. And I'm feeling good. I cannot believe that it's happened. Because um, it came out of the blue, really. I mean, the rumours had been around for about a month. And then, obviously, it all went quiet. And we had people saying it's off. We had people saying it's on. All these all these people that David re- was referring to as knowing this and knowing that and talking about Evans this and Evans that. Um, and then all of a sudden it was just strange because I, I think it was Harvey in the chat, but I think dropped a message in early on, on yesterday morning, just said, seems to be a lot of talk going on. Um, and I, I, I didn't really think about it at all. I just saw it and thought, the, the rumour mill has gone up again. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, uh, around midday-ish or whenever it was, um, suddenly I saw the, the tweet come up from the club for the official announcement, and it was just like, what? <laughs> and just from there, it's just been absolutely crazy. Um, but, I mean, for me, it had to happen. I, I, I just... I, there has to be a caution. I, I, I'm not going to go around and be completely and utterly that's it brilliant we're off to the Premier League that sort of stuff but it's a takeover and and the proof will be in the pudding of whether the guys can actually deliver what they say that they want to deliver but the signs all look good but I just think if you flip it on the other side and go well what would another year two maybe three under Marcus Evans what what where would we be in that time and and I just think it it's it's all about energy I think under Evans it's been it hasn't been an energy in the club um in terms of he's talked about all these uh be a failure if I didn't under my um stewardship get the club into the Premier League and and we want to do this and we want success but there was never really an energy behind the scenes um, to do that. And you, you've seen the decline in the whole club, um, not just not just the standard of players, but, I mean, you look at Portman Road, looks a bit uh, shattered in places, and it's only been the last year that he's actually started doing something as simple as getting it painted. Um, and it's just things like that, just letting things kind of drift and so on. Whereas these Americans... We, we, yeah, there, there might be a, a little bit of concern that we might go on to a bit later about this pension fund. But at the same time, that risk should be giving them a massive drive to succeed because they know that they've got a pressure to do that. And so they should have the energy behind them to really get behind the project that they're, they're putting in place. So I, I'm I'm delighted. I think I think uh, it's it's what the football club needed, but yeah, a little bit of caution because I mean, if we if we if, if we've only got a look at the last 13 years to kind of, of of see what what can happen uh, when things don't go right, and as people said, Evans hasn't been a terrible owner, but he hasn't been a particularly good one either. Um, I don't think he's got many things right. I think he expected to get Premier League pretty quickly and it didn't happen. He then found himself way out of his depth in terms of, of finances involved and uh, most of the, the championship overtook town in terms of financial side of things um, and, and town ended up just kind of having to having to stick mid-table, really, on the, on the McCarthy. So, <laughs> I mean... I've heard people when Evans came in at Norwich flashing money up in the air and, and waving it in the Norwich fans' faces and stuff. Well, 13 years later, um, pretty much haven't beaten Norwich since, are uh, now looking like going to be two divisions apart again. I mean, it, it's so, so yeah, um, there has to be a bit of caution, but I, I, I'm delighted. I think it had to happen. Good energy now, hopefully, going forward. Lots of exciting things. Maybe as a season ticket holder, I might get a decent compensation package this year now. Um, 
because I wasn't expecting much from Evans, to be honest. Um, and yeah, uh, looking forward to the future now. Um, whether that's in the championship next season, although I highly doubt it. Um, but if we do, what an extra extra buzz this summer will be if we did get promoted. Definitely. Um, finally, then over to you, John. Uh, John Watson and Co. As I said on the main part, I'm very sorry, gentlemen. I, I did know you were going to be on, but I forgot uh, the people, uh, the names, and all that. Um, anyway, I'm digging myself a hole. Uh, John, um, I want to quickly just ask you about. Um, I'm sure you've, you've, you know, seen the interviews. You've seen a press conference. Um, all great things were said. I'm going to open this question to the floor. Their their thoughts on Brett Johnson and uh, Mike O'Leary. Um, quickly, of course, your reaction on the, the takeover and just maybe lead the way on um, you know, your thoughts on the, the press conference and just the in, in, interviews. Everything's been, been fantastic. Yeah, um, what, a, what a few a busy few days for all of us town fans. And what a, do you know, I probably got more excited today than I was yesterday. Um, I think I was shocked at first yesterday because I've been a little bit, my, my graph of... Uh, Skepticism has been quite high. I was sick of hearing about people pretending to be in the know. And my mum works in a petrol station and once saw somebody eating a, a hamburger and <coughs> um, hot dog. So that must mean we're getting an American takeover, you know. And it's not about me. It's not about any of you. It's about our football club. And none of us should be trying to talk about glory, about who found out what. It's just about this is bloody good news potentially for our club. Um so I was shocked at first, and I, I think I tweeted out uh, something along the lines of what Stu and Andy, I think it was Andy Warren, had said about being cautiously optimistic. But actually, I've got more and more enthusiastic and more and more optimistic as the, the, the last few hours have passed. And that came from listening listening to the little snippets of O'Leary and Johnson yesterday and then seeing the full presser um, I watched it in its entirety this morning. I read bits of it as it was coming through on Andy's live feed last night and then read it the full transcript this morning and watched it. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing the, them speak. There's something about you get a better connection when somebody's actually, even if it's on the screen, you know, when they're talking without a script, didn't they both handle themselves well? You know, I was probably... I'm not the first person to say this, so I'm not trying to um, take any credit for it. But I think we've heard more things from um, Mr. O'Leary so far and Mr. Johnson so far than we probably heard uh, from Marcus Evans and uh, for 10, 13 years, whatever you know, whatever you want to say. I thought they spoke exceedingly well um, with confidence, with charisma, with humility, with... Um, integrity um they were proper gentlemen but businessmen as well um i think um mr o'leary reminds me a little bit of murray walker the, uh, the former racing commentator um, um again i'm over 30 ross so i'll probably be told I'm, I'm just i'm doing that point um but Dave i know you're talking about john thanks liam um but he's, 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 he's 30, that's why. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched motor racing since he retired. Exactly, because he was that good, hey, David? But yep. Yeah. He speaks really well. He didn't get phased by any 
anything apart from maybe the camera angle when the BBC um, reporter asked him to move the camera angle because she was trying to make her press conference. Um, but I thought he made it so much more credible, the fact that he's a proper English football man, if you like. Um, I know that's I'm, I'm churning out some cliches, but my God, he knows what he's talking about. And if you think about when Evans come, um, came in, and we'll rewind to this, I got really excited when he brought Simon Clegg in. I'm going to say that loud. Um, out loud. I thought Clegg spoke really well. But what Clegg didn't know is anything about football. Um, this guy does. Um, you know, I, I'm really, really pleased that he's on board because I think, you know, you can't be involved in football and be highly regarded by other people in football unless you know something. And he clearly, um, you know, he was passionate. He was appropriately um, humorous he was um, engaging and you know Brett Johnson uh, came came across really well too um, I think you know what he's obviously done at um, Arizona United um, or Phoenix Rising as they are now known obviously um, is credible and he's been there for a decent amount of time now he hasn't just been there for two years and then sold up and gone somewhere else. Um, and they were all quite confident in speaking about the part that Marcus Evans has played in that and over that 14-month period. Um, so I think we've got to, you know, Paul Cook has said Marcus Evans has been really good with him. Lambert's always said Evans has been good with him. McCarthy did say lots of nice things about Evans, etc. I think Evans probably gets a lot of stick because we haven't been successful. But he also has done a lot for the club. Um, and I'm a big believer in most people. I've said this to you before, Russ. Most people get up in the morning and try to be a good version of themselves. Or not necessarily, you might not put your best pants on and your best shirt and go, yeah, this is the day. But you generally want to be at your best most of the time. Nobody goes, well, I'm going to be I'm going to be 10% of myself today. And I'm sure Marcus Evans took over Ipswich with the best of intentions and the best of financial support that he had he chose how much of his massive wealth he was willing to risk and I think he's he spent a hell of a lot so you know there is a I'm mature enough to be able to go he's putting a lot for this club I don't like the way he's handled things I think he's got lots of decisions wrong but anyway I'm going on to the more negative there the positive for me is um, we've got a football man in and the football man in the sense of one of the, the investors is a, is already into football, so I think it was on the main pod today. I can't remember who said it, but it said when, when Marcus Evans took over, he had no knowledge of football. Brett Johnson and Co have got five to seven years worth of different experience now, as well as all the years of watching, being interested in sport, all that kind of stuff. But they're they're ahead of where Evans was. And probably a bit more savvy when it comes to the business of football. Um, well, for me, I, I lapped up the press conference. I couldn't get enough of it. I've read loads of bits today. You know, um, I've had a bit of interaction on Twitter when, when I can with um, various people. Um, and I think the general feeling, and we, we're not um, stupid enough to say we speak for all fans, but you speak to enough fans, Ross, when we all are fans, that the vast majority of fans seem really positive um, about this. And 
I think we're right to probably have a little bit of cautious scepticism and a bit like, oh, what, what could it bring? But actually, we also need to look on the table at that and go, we're probably in better hands now than we were. We're certainly feeling more optimistic. And if the press conference and their interaction is anything to go by so far, we're going to have feel more connected to our club. And that has to help. You know, again, Lambert talked about things like, you know, when this club turns, it's going to be really special, you know, and it's going to turn. I think we've just taken a massive turn for the right direction. Because, And let's be fair, guys. How happy have we been this season? We in, in our little group chat the other day, we were talking about how many games have we enjoyed this season? And I don't think we got past three. Three in a season. That's shocking, you know. As, as Harvey's been saying for months now, a total reset of a club. Well, Harvey, you've got it. This is a total reset from, you know, looking at catering in the, in the ground, from, from looking at technology, Surely they have to look at fitness. I mean, they mentioned that already, but, you know, that's been something that's, you know, our fitness coach is still in Scotland, isn't he? You know, so... Um, what a lovely garden. He, I'm sure he has. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think there's a lot to be really excited about. And I thought there was a touch of class by Brett Johnson today when he saw he said that for the days he can't be... Um, watching Ipswich in his, in his season ticket seat that he's going to give it to a fan who needs it. Um, that's within 24 hours of buying the club. He's come out and people go, oh, yeah, I want to be part of that. Well, that's that's building excitement. That's building momentum. That's giving people something to be positive about. So it doesn't matter which podcast you, you like. It doesn't matter which, you know, obviously there's some great podcasts out there. Yeah, Ross, you were on Naked Football the other night. And I did enjoy listening last night. It was, um, you know, and I listened to Blue Monday, and us guys love chatting, and we're all real fans. But this is about our club coming together. And I, my only plea, I guess, would be that we don't suddenly expect Saturday to be a different team. And I, and I hope suddenly in August, when we start the season and third game in, if we have a, a narrow defeat or a narrow victory, we don't start going, well, the bloody takeover hasn't worked. You know, this is a long-term project, isn't it? We need some people to actually have some realism, you know, because we, we, we know there's going to be a Muppet here or there on Twitter who's going to start saying, well, you know, Derby are doing better than you, owner. It's like, get out of the playground, boys, girls, he, she, them, whoever, and just have a bit of realism. This is a chance for our club to get better, to be a better club, to have better communication, to have better recruitment, better staffing structures. Hopefully, the appointment of a CEO, which was talked about massively, you know, there's the talk about, um, you know, who that might be. And we can speculate on that. And it doesn't really matter yet. But who would you rather trust to get this decision right? Marcus Evans, based upon his track record of appointments with CEOs come football people, Milne, Clegg, you know, not particularly great appointments, were they? And Leo Neal seems like a really nice fella, but I'm not sure if he could do everything that was needed. I'm sure he's good at lots of it, but maybe he had too much on his plate. But, you know, I would love to see them. Um, I'm sure um, O'Leary's going to be have a hand in picking that person because he's going to be the link person, isn't he? And he'll want a really key person. 
that's a crucial appointment. But my God, this is an exciting time, Ross. This is really positive. This is I'm not going to talk about Rochdale. I'm not this is about looking this is looking forward. This is exciting. And yes, there's a bit of risk. But there's a risk in Marcus Evans. Marcus Evans is being putting less money in in the last few years than he previously did. And who can blame him in some ways? Because there's only so much time you want to keep throwing money after, well, good money after bad, I suppose. But when we talk about ethics of backers and things like that, when we'll talk about pension funds and all that kind of stuff, I'm not particularly keen on, you know, lots of people will say he's a, Marcus Evans is a glorified ticket out. You know, you're selling, you know, now he's not. He's buying tickets and selling it and, and hospitality and that kind of thing. But there's some people who questioned some of his history, if you like. I personally think he's been all right. I, I once had the pleasure of speaking to David Sheepshanks when he was um, um, chair, chairman, um, when we were 4-0 down at halftime at St. James's Park. He came to thank the fans for making a long journey. And as I lived in Sunderland at the time, it was only 12 miles, so I told him that. And uh, he said, well, it's the rest of them you need to feel sorry for. And he came out to speak to us. What a gentleman he was. And, and what, what a lovely person he was. And probably, a, you know, he saw us through some good times and also a bad time. I would like to think that these guys are going to see us through lots of good times. And let's let's hope that this is a, a 10 years of Ipswich getting better, stronger, and being in a much more positive place. And there is absolutely no reason why our club shouldn't be in the championship by the end of next season. So, happy days. That was a, a passionate and very good speech, John Watson. Life coach in the making. I'll say that right now. I think a lot of, a lot of people love you to be a life coach. Um, but yeah, I've, as I said, I opened the floor um, for other people to mention uh, the press conference and everything. Yeah, David, we'll, we'll rotate back over to you because we haven't heard from you for about half an hour now. So, <laughs> take it away. I've, I've been nursing my foot merrily. Um, but, so, I mean, at the start, I said I had a certain degree of scepticism. It's not really scepticism. It's wariness. That, that's the thing is I don't want to get overexcited by something. Um, but... The press conferences, there were sort of things which leapt out at me. And I, I'm not, I don't know whether we're going to talk about um, the sort of more negative side of things with um, Evan's ownership later. But the positive things that I've really liked from that, and, and some of my worries have sort of eased because, you know, foreign owners, any form of disruption, will it work, will it not work, and, and so on. John's already said they're football people. You know, whether it's the, the owners themselves um, in Brett Johnson and that, or and the, the involvement in, you know, Galatasaray and Phoenix Rising, all of those things, O'Leary is clearly a football person. And I think that's one of the chief problems we've had over the last 13 years, is I don't, regardless of anybody's criticism, I don't think that Evans truly understood football as an industry. I don't think he understood the types of people you need in different positions. I don't think he understood that you can't parachute somebody in from a different industry into this one in the same way. And I don't think that he understood the way in which fans work and need communication. And you look at the Accrington chairman, who's fantastic, you know, the way in, and I, I mean, I hate Peterborough, but their chairman is a damn good chairman for Peterborough. 
he communicates really well with them and credit to him for going on outreach with other, you know, fans and things like that. And so we haven't had that. And one of big Evan's big problems is he's been completely absent. He's been silent for years. You know, he, he pops up and does an interview with the uh, program once a year and thinks that's communication. Johnson's already broken all of that down. You know, in today, the, the email of today saying that your season ticket renewal isn't coming this week because it's going to be reviewed. You know, straight away, there's something happening. Now, that might be that they can look at it and go, yeah, well, that's absolutely fine. That's great. But it already suggests they're looking at other things. And that communication lifts the mood. And the mood around the club for years has been poisonous. You know, it's not, it's not under McCarthy. McCarthy's football stultified things because it was, don't give any prisoners away football and it's not the direct thing we can go into that again another time i'm sure but it, it's just the defensive then you've got Hurst, then you've got lambert and you've got the owner in the background and you've got the lack of investment and you've got norwich doing well and just everything you know everybody's at each other's throats and that must go through you know into the staff behind the scenes things and just lifting the mood makes a difference with proper football people and they seem very focused you know they've mentioned fitness they've mentioned the stadium they've mentioned um, training, they've mentioned modern things you can't stand still. All of the things that you'd want mentioned, all the things that we've talked about repeatedly that I've talked about in pubs that are, that are wrong, they've immediately gone, yep, there, 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 there. So there's the focus. And I also, because I, I have, some of you may have noticed that I'm quite political at times. I don't know, you know. And I, I would have had a major issue if it had been a um, some sort of dubious Arab um, or a Russian oligarch or something who is busy fleecing the um, working people by appropriating their oil or something. Um, but these these guys seem to have a strong sense of social responsibility. What Brett Johnson was saying about what they're doing in Rhode Island and the way in which um, football teams can regenerate an area and all of those things. I'm really impressed with that, that it's not just about the return. It's not just about I'm coming into this and it's a business thing. It's also about the social responsibility to the town. Um, so I'm pleased with that. And the other part within that, and somebody mentioned the problem with fund, the pension fund and needing a return on their investment earlier. They talked about that in one of the conferences, which I, I just went, oh, cool. Yeah, happy with that now. Yeah, pension funds need return on investment, but it's not sort of right. We're investing in that; we want that straight away. They said, you know, they said they've got this sort of spread of investments from this is giving us a return. This one is a high risk investment, but it might do in the long term. So it's not one of those things where if the pension fund don't get us promoted in three years, they're going to pull the plug because this is a long term thing. So they've got this balance of investments, and that that was something which pleased me as well. So. All the things they've said have made me go, yep, this is this is probably a really good move. And Evans has actually negotiated something which is, which is good. And give him credit. You know, he's written off £80 million. And can we say as well, credit to David Sheepshanks, because when he negotiated the sale to Evans, part of that deal was Evans can't sell up and load the club with debt. So Sheepshanks deserves a bit of credit for that one as well. 
Yeah, well said, well said. And um, I want to go over to Harvey. I want to get Ben and Liam's thoughts on the press conference as well. You know, the main takeaways from you guys. And as John said, and other people have said, you know, Brett Johnson and Michael Iria said as much, or they said more than Evans has in his 13 years of tenure in, in the first hour of being the owners doing, you know, the club interview and then doing the press conferences and even just doing TV stuff. Um, so that is a positive into Harvey, just them actually seeing their faces. We actually know what they look like. Yeah, I think it was for the first, like, six or seven years. I don't think anyone knew what Marcus Evans looked like. He was sat with the fans, I think, wasn't he? And then probably the person sat beside him probably didn't have a clue who he was. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's about... That, that engagement with fans and they've mentioned it already how important it is um, you know and, and the key for me is like I think it was John that, that mentioned it that they've they've been there and done it granted they've done it in, in, in different leagues but they've got that experience behind them they know how the football industry works they they, they recognise clearly that they haven't you know this is a, a new experience for them in terms of not doing it, doing it in England so they've They've got someone in who knows English football and, and knows how it works. Um, and what I really liked about the, the new chairman was when I think one of the first questions was was how how excited are you all to you know to become the new owners of, of Ipswich? And, and one of the first things he said was, "Well, you know, we're not really the owners. You know, the, the fans the fans own the club." And and to hear that straight off the bat for me was was just. It was it was really nice to you know to hear and of course he's, he's going to say things like that isn't he he wants to get fans on board but it was it was a really really nice thing to see um, as I said I've been really impressed with 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 O'Leary um, and what what you've got to remember as well is he's he's sixty eight years old he he probably doesn't have to do this I'm sure he's more than comfortable in terms of finances but when he, when he was asked, you know, what, why Ipswich? Why do you want to do this? And he said, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. And that, to me, again, was was another, a real kind of like, you know, made me feel even, even better about the whole process because he's really invested in this and not just financially. He's, you know, he really wants to, the club and, and the, the town to succeed. So, um, you, you know, from, from the interviews that have been, that have been kind of taking place so far, we, we couldn't have asked for, for, you know, for any better. You know, he's been engaging with fans on, on social media, which I know can, you know, when it's going well, can, can be good. And when it's going not so well, can, can go the other way. But, you know, as, as Ipswich fans, we, we are so patient, it's unbelievable. And you ask any Ipswich fan around the globe, no Ipswich fan will sit here tonight and say, we've got this new ownership in, they're going to bring in significant funding, as they've called it. We, we, we want to win every single game. We don't. All, all we want is a team to be proud of, and a team that we can we can wake up on a Saturday morning and think, oh, you know, brilliant, we're, we're playing today. And I think, you know, if, if we were all honest over the last kind of twelve to eighteen months, or even longer than that, you know, I, I, as as much as I absolutely adore Ipswich Town more than anything, you know, I, I I did wake up sometimes and think, oh God, here we go. Then another, you know, another dull performance and another. You know, and it's still an element of that now. But what what I'm trying to say is, you know, we I feel like we, and it might be a bit premature to say, it, but I feel like we are getting our club back. We're getting that engagement back. You know, it's the club is a massive, massive thing for the town, and 
and you know, I know I live in North Wales, so I can't, you know, directly have have that kind of, um, you know, opinion. But it's 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 so so obvious, and that's all we want. We want a team that that we can be proud of. We want to win occasionally, of course, as as, as every team does. But that that's all we're after, really. We just we just want to wake up on a Saturday morning and, and be excited. And and I can only speak to myself, but I'm, you know, the majority of fans that I've spoken to. It's it's a real sense of excitement. So, what they've brought to the table so far has been extremely positive, and, I, and I'm looking forward to to what the you know the next few months will will hold because it's going to be a hell of a ride for sure. Definitely. And um, are you still riding that roller coaster then, Ben? <laughs> As I strapped you in. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't know why I said that, but we'll, we'll move on. Um, but Ben, um, you've heard what the other guys said. Did you enjoy the, the press conferences? Um, of course, they're, they're going to say the stuff they're going to say, but it doesn't seem it was forced. It, it doesn't seem it was scripted. They're just saying it as they would because they, they are saying what's in their head and what they want to say because they're passionate about this project that they're going to be leading. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you could you could question it. You could just say, oh, they're coming up with the same sort of platitudes that you'd expect from new football owners. Um, and you can be as sceptical as you like. And, and some people, you know, have every right. Of course, everyone's got right to an opinion and they can be sceptical and nervous about the, this new venture that we're going on. But, I, you know, I, as I said, firstly, when I came on, I'd rather just be much more excited and embrace it to see... Um, <laughs> To see their faces just so enthusiastic and talk about our club so glowingly when even the most ardent of fun over the last, particularly the last 18 months, like it's been a real hard old slog, you know, during this pandemic when, you know, morale of the human race collectively hasn't been probably lower since, you know, the World War Two, etc. Um, in this country, it's, you know, we, we've got something to be excited about. Every, everybody has, every town fan has. And that, that they started that, you know, those two press conferences, um, O'Leary and Johnson, I thought, just spoke very well. Both, both different, you know, both, both spoke slightly differently in terms of their tones. He, sort of Johnson was a bit more, maybe because of the accent and the American thing, felt like a bit more of a razzmatazz. And he had his scarf and his cap on and spoke his about swag. his family. His swag. <laughs> um, but, you know, even, even the mention of the family, I do think, again, I've been a bit of a sceptic, but his family... You know, he knows we're a family club. You know, lots of kids, lots of families come to Ipswich Town. He's definitely put that in there. That I'm sure that was planned. I haven't got a problem with that. It, it, it's nice that his kids want to be, um, feel involved and um, the whole family will be there and he'll try and get over here when he can. Um, O'Leary was impressive just from his experience, you know, his experience of being at West Brom and Oxford, talking about the plans for the club on and off the pitch. So that I, I think he was re, reassuring, um, you know, for, for those who are wondering, you know, or worried, slightly worried. Johnson was more the um, here we go, like you're saying, Ross, strapping for the ride. You know, we're, we're not here for the short, you know, short term. We're here for the long term. Um, and you know, his business partners and and the stuff that you know you've seen um, on the news with Didier Drogba is obviously one of their one of their sort of partners, investors in their groups. Um, you know, that's exciting. I think, um, as Mark Keith commented, he could definitely do a job in League One. <laughs> Champions League. <laughs> um, obviously, that, that's just a, a pipe dream, I think. But um, no, the news conferences were um, a breath of fresh air. Um, we touched on it. We didn't see or hear from Marcus Evans for far too long. And it just made it look so simple. You know, it's made it look so, so simple. These clubs that do the right things, 
I'm thinking of the likes of Brentford and, you know, as a neutral, I look at them and hope they get to the Premier League because they seem to do things right. Um, unfortunately, that lot down the road do, you know, a lot of things right on and off the pitch. And, you know, as much as I dislike them as a club and, you know, you go there with a the rivalry, uh, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm respecting them for things they do do well and we've got lessons to learn from them there. Leicester, for instance, I think they're fantastic with everything they do and the way they interact with their fan base. If we, you know, we're getting an inkling, a tiny smidgen of hope that we could be one of those clubs that people now look at thinking, cool, aren't Ipswich already well on club? Oh, I'd like to go down there and have a look at that. You know, attract more fans, possibly. Um, you know, first and foremost, try and get us promoted out of League One and, and um, sort out all those things that John listed, you know, your fitness, your off-the-pitch, um, you know, the facilities around the ground, um, that fan interaction. Um, but, yeah, everything that was said in those press conferences was just... It's just the starting point, Ross. I'm very enthusiastic. It was great to hear people talk so glowingly about our club. Definitely. And, um, well, let's stop the I's and cross the T's, as the phrase says. Um, Liam, let's take it away and finish it up, my friend. And then we'll, I think we'll briefly go into the Evans tenure because I think we've we've mentioned different things during this chat. But I think it's always good to, you know, go across the room to get your thoughts on Evans tenure at the club. But yeah, Liam, your, your final say on the press conferences and just the, the first sort of words coming out of those um, new investors and the chairman's um yeah, voice. <laughs> I, I think I think the big thing is, especially when they were asked the question of of why Ipswich, and they they talked about they they looked at something like forty other clubs potentially, something like that, um, and and they had been looking around, and they ended up um, wanting Ipswich. That they saw Ipswich as the best option. But in some ways, Ipswich was probably one of the hardest, as as um, O'Leary said in in uh, the press conference. That although obviously COVID has thrown a massive spanner in everything in the last year, uh, and probably drew out uh, negotiations much longer than what they probably could have been. Um, the fact of the matter is, is Marcus Evans wasn't at the very beginning even in the position of wanting to sell, and they they've. And their want to be in charge of this football club has ended up giving Marcus Evans a decision to make. And because of everything that they've done to obviously convince him, he's finally said, yes, um, we, we, I, I'm happy that you are the right people to end my tenure. And... They've carried on fighting for it, even though there's been quite a few obstacles in the way of, of buying Ipswich. And I think that that's I think that's the big thing that they, they want to be here. They, they haven't just looked at any old English football club and think, right, we're going to do to choose from it, A, B and C. They've, they've properly looked into their options and they've decided on Ipswich and that's what they've stuck at. And they and they've got the deal done. Um, I think. I think from the American point of view, I mean, we talk about foreign owners um, and obviously the Premier League has a lot of them <laughs> because that's where the cash cow is. Um, and obviously that's where inevitably Johnson and uh, the rest of these free lines group obviously want to be because that's where the return on any investment is going to be made is, is in the Premier League. Um, and of course, 
you, you want to be successful and the Premier League is is where where it is at in English football. But I think what's really impressive is is that as we've all said, they are football people. But what they've done is they've got a portfolio of clubs and we can talk about America and we can talk about American football being a bit, it is growing, but you can still say it's a bit, you could say it's still a bit Tim Pop compared to other, other potentially European leagues, for instance. Um, But then you look at the club that they own in Denmark. They also have now bought a share in a, um, um, I think someone's got a share in the French club somewhere. And obviously that link with uh, Galatasaray with one of the guys, they've all got different interests of different clubs throughout. And it's almost as if, and of course, Johnson at the very forefront of them three, obviously with his projects in America, but it's almost as if they've built up to this. But they've started in America and they've, they've, they've built a football club from scratch and and have, have tried and they're trying to turn it into something special. They're doing another project in in Rhode Island as well. Then they've got other football clubs across Europe and it's almost like they've taken a step by step and now they're coming to England because England is is the juggernaut. That is the one that if they can crack England, that is the one where everything will fall into place. And if they can get Ipswich Town back into the Premier League, the money that they'll get from it, but the glory that they'll get from it as well, which would help all their other clubs in their portfolio and help them with projects going forward. I mean, we're talking about potential links between football clubs now. I mean, that there, there was, um, I mean, I don't think it'll be something that will happen straight away, but I mean, uh, Johnson spoke about maybe some of our younger players going to America and learning it, and maybe some Americans coming across here. Um, and I, I, I honestly think that because of all that, I think they really know what the challenges are. I, I, and the fact that they've come into this with their eyes open, I, I don't think you look at them and go, there are a load of wealthy guys who have no idea what they're doing and they're just having having something that they, they can occupy their time with and may get a very good return at the end of it, but we'll, we'll see what happens. They obviously have come here to really, really improve the football club. And as, as I think it was David said, give it back to the community and create that community back with the club, which is what they've been doing in America. And I think that's that's something that I think is going to be really special, I hope, um, after pretty much 13 years of disconnect. Um, and O'Leary himself, I, I, I think he, t- he spoke fantastically. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think also you can see that he's got that soft spot for Ipswich with that anecdote about him uh, being at the 78 Cup semi-final uh, in the West Brom end and seeing Ipswich obviously beat West Brom and go on to the final and obviously, as we all know, uh, go on and, and win the Cup against Arsenal at Wembley. But just his fact that it was like he was so kind of mesmerised by Ipswich that day but 
he convinced some of his friends and him to support Ipswich in the final against Arsenal. Maybe it was just because they were the the underdogs, but um, uh, they, they they went and did it. And he's always had this soft spot for Ipswich. So I think there's something a little bit more personal as well for him now that he's he's part of the club, but he wants this to succeed as well because I think he knows the history and he knows um, where Ipswich Town were and potentially what it can be. Um, so. I, I'm, I, I was very excited and very happy about what what they spoke about. Yes, there is going to be PR, but at the end of the day, I think, as you said, it's all natural. I think they're really excited to be here. Um, and it's not that excitement has come through to in, excite the fans, not them trying to put on a facade to try and get fans on side. I think they have naturally got fans to really like them because of their energy and passion for what they want to do going forward. Wow, well said as ever. And um, yeah, I saw your hand go up a few times, John. I did, I did spot that. Do not worry, my friend. Um, what, what else did you like to add? And then we'll move into the Marcus Evans tenure. The yeah. um, I want to get. I want to get everyone's statement on just Marcus Evans's tenure. We'll do a quick statement because I think we've we've spoken a lot about the takeover, and I think. Um, yeah, a lot's been said. But yeah, John, sorry, take it away. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, I do enjoy listening to what other people have got to say. And I really resonate with what of, a lot of what Liam's just said there. I think that's one of your best speeches, Liam. I'm a big, big fan of what you just said there. Because um, I think what came through was that desire to want to be part of Uptouch Town from them all. And they haven't, they're not chances, are they? They haven't just got off a plane and gone, let's buy a club. Let's get the first club we can. It seems like it's been a really methodical, well-planned um, decision. Um, so I, I, I kind of really back what Liam was just saying there. A couple of very quick points, Ross. Um, I like the fact that, you know, in the, in the conversations that I've read and listened to, they've talked about, uh, I think it was uh, Brett Johnson was asked um, about... Would younger fans be the target audience? And he said, all fans, men, women, children. Like, he didn't just go, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea and be taken down the path by the journalism. He just took it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but we want all fans. It was, I thought, that the way they responded, they knew their stuff. You know, sometimes when somebody's blagging something, you can easily just draw them, give them a line and then they go with it. Footballers do it all the time, don't they? You know, uh, so, uh, you know, it's a tough game today. Yeah, it was a really tough game. You, you kind of, they, they, but these guys spoke so well about what they wanted. I thought that came across. Um, one of my favourite things that, that was said was, um, again, it was Brett Johnson said, we've got a history of trying to attract good people and good players. And then what we do is look after those players and develop those players. And therefore, other people want to come and join and be part of something special. That's exactly what you want to do. Like whether you've got your own business, you know, for me in a school, I try to look after my staff team and want them to be there. So I get the best out of them. But I also think it's the right way to treat people as well. But when you've got a good team, that buzz comes through and other people go, wow, I wouldn't mind being part of that. Everybody speaks positively about each other. I'd much rather be there. You know, that's the kind of culture you want. Because let's be fair, we haven't had a great picture of things, you know, 
people can say one thing, but we haven't felt it. We've heard it, but we haven't felt it. Um, and also they talked about the economy, and now it's very easy to say, you know, how many players have we heard say, I've looked at the training ground and I've been out on the pitch? And, you know, we've heard the, the same thing. But they talked about wanting to improve the academy, not because we've got an academy and seeing that investment in the academy long term is something that is needed. And I like the way they were talking about the priorities. There's a lot of priorities, but we just need to put them in the right order. And that, again, was O'Leary speaking from experience rather than saying, oh, we need to paint the stadium. We need to do this with the tickets. Oh, oh yeah, let's go over there. Oh, we haven't got a clue. Let's just run around and paint things blue and uh, hope for the best. This is somebody who's going to sit down with a team of people who have been there before and gone, actually, the team comes first. Let's, let's back Paul Cook. And I'm sure Paul, they... The one little white lie I think that was told was there's no way that Paul Cook didn't know this was happening before um, the spoke to him yesterday. I, I don't believe that for one minute. Um, but fair play to them all because I think, you know, Cook, obviously was, the change was, again, let's give Evans credit for that. He could have sat it out with Lambert and we could have had, hey, it's name normal. The boys have done very, very good for a few more weeks and months. Um but actually, we've got a good manager and they're going to back him. So I think that's really exciting. Um, and the final thing was just when they were looking at which club they wanted, I think the fact that, you know, you know, I come from Sunderland and Sunderland's very much everybody in Sunderland supports Sunderland. And Washington, that's in between Sunderland and Newcastle, is half red and white, half black and white. And you're either one or the other. And then it's all Newcastle. You know, you go to big cities like London, it's completely spread out, isn't it? In Ipswich, you've got a good geographical patch where that is your catchment, both for young players, but also for fan base. And they've obviously done their homework properly on that. So I think we should give them credit for what they would call their due diligence. I think they've done their homework on us and they've come in knowing a lot about us. So that, that, that says something to me. But, you know, I was optimistic about Marcus Evans. Um, when he joined, um, I'm probably more optimistic now, and I'm probably a bit more cynical in life because I'm a bit older. I'm over thirty. Um, uh, never going to let live that down, am I? Never going to let that down. No. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's when you start saying over forty, I'm going to get them that too, Ross. I'm that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm over fifty. <laughs> overall. Let's just be. Let's just all be really clear that they've said some really good things, and if they deliver over the next year, as well as their first days being in sense of PR, delivery of press conferences, engagement with fans, then we're going to be in a better place come next summer already, aren't we? You know, I think they've started really well, and they've given me from that cautious optimism in in twenty four hours. I've suddenly gone, yeah, I'm all in. I'm in. I'm I'm a, I'm, I love you. You're brilliant, you know. And that's what you want as a fan. You want to be carried away. I'm not a businessman here. I choose to spend my tenner a week on iFollow and buy Ipswich mugs and Ipswich shirts like the rest of us. You know, that's my choice. But I tell you what, I wonder how many fans have looked at the Phoenix Rising kits today. I certainly just did for a laugh just to see what they were. And, you know, it's a bit of fun, but... I'm buying to it already, and I hope lots of fans do. All right, well said. I bet, as ever, see, John. I bet you'll see a massive, massive 
increase in season ticket sales now. It'll be. I I I I would not have been in no doubt if Evans had still been in charge, but we probably would have only seen maybe six, seven thousand. I think we would have lost a few other thousand from what we had on from this season. Um, uh, and I, I honestly think that. Whereas now I, I can see us pushing back towards. I mean, it is dependent on what league, but I think um, I think even in League One with this positivity now, I can still see people re uh, reinvesting in the in in the club again. Definitely. Um, yeah, John. Yeah, go go for it. Because you, you, I didn't lead you on the way you uh, asked me to, so I'm just going to say my Marcus Evans summary. If I was his head teacher, given a, a summary for his report, I'd say had the best of intentions and tried hard, but unfortunately didn't reach the the, 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 the level that we all hoped he would um, for the club. And the club didn't do as well as we all thought or hoped. Unfortunately, I think his lack of, not financial support, because I think Stuart spoke really well about that um, on the main part, but I think his appointments, you know, of non-football people or people who might have been good businessmen, but we're out of touch. Some of his managerial, I mean, I I, I never wanted Kane. Where Jewel came from, I've got no idea. I still don't understand that appointment. And I know um, Brad, who's one of our Game Day Extra Time um, posse members, uh, who um, isn't obviously on tonight, talked earlier on in, in the group chat and mentioned a really good point about kind of um, some of the lack of investment um, under, you know, lots of us talk about the playoffs, but I think Brad's point, which I'm going to give him absolute kudos for, but I'm going to mention on his behalf, was that, um, you know, he replaced Murphy with Leon Best, ultimately, didn't he? <laughs> cry, just cry, <laughs> just cry. So, basically, the summary is he tried hard, but he didn't deliver, and ultimately, we went down to League One for the first time for 60 years, whatever it was, under under his leadership. And we're in a worse position now, arguably, both on the pitch and off the pitch than we were when he took over. So that's failure. But for no at no point, and some people on Twitter and on the crowds or whatever will say, call him all sorts of names and stuff. But let's be fair, this man has given a lot of his own personal wealth to keep our club afloat. And he's, I'm sure he's done his best or he's tried to do his best. When he appointed Lambert, I'm sure he thought he was doing well, but why Why he gave him a five-year contract? So tried, tried hard, but didn't deliver. There you go, Ross. There's my, my little pitch for you. That's, that's brilliant. Um, so, um, David, you've heard John's summary of Marcus Evans' tenure. Um, over to you to summarise his 13 years at the helm. I've, I've just been very quickly trying to put my um, former report writing head on to try and um, do the same same thing with those sort of, um, sort of vaguely positive but actually meaning something different um, statements. Um can contribute well to class when he's focused. Um, <laughs> and so, 
I think the, 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 the above, I mean, credit to him for putting the money in. You know, he's kept us afloat. He, he After the um, going into administration, all of those things, and you can't take that away from him. He's put, and one of my big defences of Evans over the years has been, okay, you're mouthing off on Twitter about Evans being a waste of space. Where's your £8 million a year to keep us afloat? You know, if you're wanting us to stay afloat, that's £8 million a year baseline. Then you need to put in that because you're you're wanting to sign Tommy. Okay, great, cool. Where's your twenty million? Have you got that? If you haven't got twenty eight million pounds to hurl at a football club every single year for a decade, shut up. This has been my thing about Evans throughout the entire thing. Cool. So I don't think you can credit give him any criticism for the funding because it's money that the club doesn't have. He put that in. Um. And his commitment to the club is shown because besides writing the debt off, also he's still investing. He's still got a 5% stake. He's not just walked away and gone, well, I've done that. Bye. He's still there, but he's just behind the scenes. He's not part of the running of the club. And that shows a commitment, which I think is a credit to him. I think the problem all the way through has been his lack of knowledge. And I said this earlier, lack of knowledge of football. I think that he was out of his depth. He, he saw it as another business, which wasn't the same as his other marketing businesses. That's fundamentally the problem, um, which goes through his backroom appointments. It goes through lack of investment in whether it's recruitment, whether it's um, fitness, all of those types of things. And what Lambert said when he came in, you know, it was tired. It hadn't been dealt with. I'm sure he's, he's right. There, there's Budleys in the roof of the um, churchmans. You know, if, if, there, if there's plant, plants growing in your, inside your stadium, you've got a problem. So that, that's the sort of thing. But I think the biggest thing for me, which pulls him down, is it was all seemed to be hope rather than having a plan. The ambition, you know, or we hope we can make the playoffs or we're punching above our weight or whatever like that. You look at similar sized clubs historically to Ipswich. You're looking at Leicester, you're looking at the West Hams, you're looking at Derby, you're looking at Forest. You're looking at those middle sized clubs who can attract the high 20s, low 30s. Definitely historically better than Norwich. You know, Nor Norwich's crowds are bigger than ours, obviously, at the moment. But you're looking at those other clubs, the Bournemouths and Brightons, they're smaller than us. And they are punching above their weight and we're punching well below. And we all of our narrative for five, six, seven, eight years is a bit about hoping to make the playoffs, hoping to do that. And that, for me, is his big failure, isn't to build up that expectation that you can do it and we should be doing it. And if we're not matching aside to get to challenge for automatic promotion from the championship to absolutely not vaguely hope make sixth on the last day of the season with a shot off somebody's ass, but actually walk league one because we should walk league one. So should Sunderland, frankly, Pete Portsmouth, a different kettle of fish because they've rebuilt from the bottom upwards, but we should walk that. And in the championship, we, like Derby and Forest, ought to be doing a damn sight better. In the in Premier League, a side like Forest, Derby, Ipswich ought to be matching sides which are getting sort of that 30,000 crowd level, which puts you into the upper end of mid-table. That's where your natural position is to be competing if you've got a decent manager 
decent infrastructure, decent um, set of ambition. We haven't done that for years, but we haven't talked about it either. It's never been on the agenda. And I think that's a big part of where Evans has failed is not setting that expectation high enough. It's been hope. Overall, I give him a six out of ten. He saved the club. He kept us going. He's pumped money in. He's done his best, but it's ultimately not good enough. Um, so thanks thanks for that. I never hated him. Never thought he was a terrible owner, but I don't think he's been the best owner by a long stretch either. We could have had worse. We could have had better. I want to see us replicate those clubs. I mean, Sheffield United, Leicester. We should be above Sheffield United in size. I love Sheffield United. They're great, but we should be above them historically. And they're a well-run club. Um, so that that's that's where we need to aim, and I and I've got confidence in Johnson that that's exactly what he's doing. He's setting that bar really high. If you don't, if you set your bar at get make the playoffs and you miss out, just you're there. You've missed out your eighth. If you set it on first and you just miss out, then you're in second. That's that's the thing is you've got to set your bar way above what is realistic, and then you can overshoot what's realistic and get that dream. And that's what I like. It, I have a problem with Americans quite often because, yeah. Um, but I like that culture whereby you're, you, you, you set the, you, you aim for the stars. That, that thing is something which I really like. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And it's, for me, Evan's big failure is not having that ambition. And of course, that's one thing that Paul Cook said in his press conference, aiming for the stars. <laughs> well, can I, one last thing and this was it, it was just mentioned in passing and I'd thought about it before I would love to know how much credit Frank Yallop, one of my favourite ever defenders gets for this because he was their first manager wasn't he and he and Brett Johnson referenced him in his press conference and I have a sneaking suspicion that Brett Johnson had a conversation with Frank at some point um, right early on, 14, 15 months ago when this was starting. And I think that Frank Yeller probably deserves a pat on the back for putting this in motion, if, if not actually the nudge, but just sort of getting it, getting, getting the ball rolling in the right direction. So uh, one of my favourite defenders and credit for that one, I hope. Definitely, definitely. Um, Harvey, I'm going to put you on a spot here in one word. How would you describe Marcus Evans' tenure and give me your summary of his 13 years? One word. Wow. Um, failure, ultimately. I think I think he said to himself in the in the um, the last interview he did with the with the club. I think you know he said that if he didn't get the you know Ipswich Town into the into the Premier League by the time he you know, he left, then it would be deemed a failure. And that's absolutely, you know, how, how it should have been, you know, how it should be looked at. Uh, you know, it was optimism when he came in, the whole kind of burning money and all that. I don't think that'll be happening this time. Um, and, you know, it was, at the time, you know, it, it was a kind of new a new era for, for, for Ipswich. But unfortunately, as you know, as, as it's been discussed, it's because gradually declined over the years a, a handful of errors probably his most his, his biggest success and I know you know a lot of fans might not like to hear this but was was a was a point of McCarthy that's probably his, his biggest his biggest success as, as, as town owner um and you know I, I know ultimately that that didn't end as, as well as we would have hoped but you know Mick did a great job and, that, and that's probably his 
for me anyway, um, his main kind of takeaway from from his ownership. Um, you know, we have to give him credit for for pumping money into the into the into the club each year. I know John's mentioned that it's kind of gone less as the years have gone on, which is which is true. But he's still kind of you know, for example, we. You never see any. You never saw any headlines of of Ipswich not paying players or not playing staff or you know anything like that. Um, so you've got to respect him for that, you know. And then you look back to, you know, bids at the time for, you know, I, the one that sticks to my mind is it was it seven and a half million? Was it Leicester from a Goldrick? I can't remember. If it was Leicester or someone else um, that that was rejected. And you know, he's he's clearly wanted success for, you know, for the club. It's it's well known that. You know, his family are big fans. He's well invested. You know, if he wasn't well invested in the side, he wouldn't have spent his, his Easter Monday away at Rochdale, let's be honest, when he knew that obviously this was happening the week after. So he clearly wants success for the for the team. But ultimately it's you know, it's it's his lack of, of experience in the in the kind of football world, if you like, that, that's let him down. Um, you know, a, a catalogue of, of errors in terms of you know, not just managerial appointments but um, you know, player recruitment has been has been really really poor, and I know that's not kind of directly down to him necessarily, but you know he's the one that's funding it. You look at when Hurst came in, um, where although we were kind of itching for for a new kind of um, you know a breath of fresh air in the squad, you know to let so much championship experience go and bring in these kind of League One, League Two players was obviously a, a mistake. Um, you know, and, and there's numerous in, incidents where, you know, errors have been made, which, which ultimately has, has left us in the position that we're in. Um, so, yeah, it has to be deemed a failure because, you know, we're, we're in the lowest position now than we have been for a very long time. So, um, and I think, as I said, he, he would he would and has admitted that in the past. Um, so... Certainly not the worst owner in the world. There's a lot worse owners out there, as we've seen. You know that you look at the um, the old Leeds owner, who thankfully they they've got rid of now. Is I think his nickname is the Manager Eater or something ridiculous like that. Who um, you know left them in all sorts of bother. And as I said before, Bolton and people like that, and, and the Bury owner who was just unbelievable how he passed the the EFL test. So um, yeah, like I said. It, it, it was ultimately a failure, but um, I'll always respect him and, I, and I'll always, um, you know, I'll always have a good feeling towards him in terms of, of keeping the club afloat, especially in the last 12 months where, you know, everyone knows Marcus Evans' business is, you know, he's in the hospitality industry. So his businesses will have taken an absolute wallop from the pandemic. So, um, yeah, especially the last 12 months, I'll always respect him for keeping the club afloat and, as he's always said, you know, he, he will only sell the club to investors that he believes will have the long-term interest of the club at heart. And I, and I really, really do believe that, as much as we criticise Evans. Um, I really don't think he would have sold it to any any Tom, Dick and Harry that, that have shown that they've got a few quid in the bank. Um, so, yeah, I, I certainly wish him all the best. It's a shame that it didn't work out, but... You know, you look at the crowds when, when, um, you know, when we were allowed in the stadium, what ten, eleven thousand at times and things like that. So, it was right that it was, it was, it's come to an end. It's been coming for a few years. 
Um, out of ten, um, I'd probably go five. I, I get, again, I'm just a little bit lower than David, only because ultimately, as I said, it's it's not worked out. But um, you have to give him credit for for keeping the club afloat each year. So five out of ten. Um, hopefully, the the new ownership and the and the new people involved in the club will will um will take it over and, and have a real positive impact. As I said, not just not just around the club, but around the whole town. Give the give the whole town a, a lift. There we go. The one word failure. Um, ben, over to you. Your summary of Marcus Evans. My one takeaway of uh, Marcus Evans' era is having a wee next to Marcus Evans at Burton away on the opening um, day of last season. Um, you'll be thinking, why am I in a toilet where the big bosses are? Basically, that's the only toilet I could find. And Marcus Evans, I looked across and he was there. So there we go. Um, over to you, Ben. Summary. What a fantastic anecdote, Ross. And I'm so pleased that I can follow that. Um, that's probably the highlight of the podcast. No matter what happens now, I've had a wee next to Marcus Evans. Um, I, I mean, if you want a one-word answer, sort of mediocre, really. We, we've sort of been in limbo land of not really going anywhere. I just, I think as I touched on with, with, with the press conference section, that we just, it's so nice to be excited about something because I felt nothing for, for so long. I, I, I remember when we could go to games, we'd go to a game and, and if we'd lost or not performed well, I ended up not really feeling devastated because I didn't really mu- expect much in the first place, you know, and that, that's not how you, that's not what football's about at all. You know, you should be going with the excitement. I mean, you refer to the Norwich game in the playoffs and Harvey said that was sort of like a, a highlight of being, you know, in terms of his Ipswich fandom along with the Priskin goal. I mean, you know, what a sad state of affairs that that Norwich playoff game was the highlight of, it, of Evans's tenure, you've got to say, I would, I would have thought. Um, of course, I think we've all, you know, all talked about it numerous times. That we almost there was a sliding doors moment. Um, I remember that film because I'm over thirty. Ross, um, Gwyneth Paltrow, and John Hannah. Um, but um, it was obviously the playoff year when we bought Freddie Sears and we didn't invest as we should have done in that January. And we, I think, all would have been forgiven if he'd given Mick, like Harvey said, probably the only decent appointment he did make managerial wise. If we just had a bit more money and, and really gone for it, and you know, who knows, could have got promoted, and you know, we wouldn't, wouldn't be sat here having this conversation. But we are. He made too many appointments that you know they didn't pay off. It, it felt like he was trying to play a different game to everybody else in football. You know, money-wise, it was passing him by, couldn't keep up. And then there are other teams that David mentioned who, yes, they've had a bit of money, but they've done it cleverly in terms of the way they've sold their players. They sold at the right times. You know, Harvey said the McGoldrick thing, 7.5 million at the time from Leicester. I remember that was um, January transfer window, August. Um, I remember being away at the time and I didn't, I didn't want him to go, but as it panned out of his injury record, it would have been a very good amount of money that we could have reinvested. Um, we just, yeah, it, everything he did was feel like we're trying to cut corners, I think, or we didn't really know what he was doing. Um, a bit like me at school, I'd leave it to the last minute and hand, hand it in and hope it was good enough. You know, that, that is, you sort of had that kind of feel about it. And football's a very, you know, complex business. You've got to be so thorough. You've got to leave no stone unturned. You know, like O'Leary said in his press conference, you know, we've got to be better than 23 other clubs at everything we do. I'm not sure under Evans's um, tenure that we've been good at 
almost anything, you know, other than, you know, against the other 23 clubs. Um, so he's, he's written off the debt. He, he, he's, he's kept us afloat, you know, obviously huge marks for that. And I've never been one to shout at the rooftops and, and ask him, you know, demand him to leave. We just wanted him to leave because of uh, we need a fresh approach. We, we need this new, um, new dawn, if you've called it, Ross, um, and um, this new injection of life. And, I, I, you know, I can't wait for that. Marcus gets five out of ten the same as Harvey because, it, yeah, mediocrity is what we've had for, for too long. And um, it's a chapter that's going to close with a, with a tinge of sadness um, because with his you know, connection, he's obviously an Ipswich fan and it's very good of him to go to Rochdale. But I don't feel sorry for him because he's a multi-millionaire. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. He'll be heading to Barbados, you know, and going on his yacht and all that. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam. Let's um, close um, this chapter, um, as, as Ben said, and uh, finish off with your summary of Evan's tenure as owner. And uh, we'll move on to the other news. We're playing a game this Saturday, um, which is going to be unforgettable as well. Uh, so, yes, take away. Um, my, my one takeaway would be stagnation. I think that that's a word that sums it up pretty much. I mean, I'll start with, I think, the positives. I think the first thing is he saved the club from more financial hardship uh, at the beginning. Um, he's obviously continued to invest in the football club in terms of keeping things going and, and obviously keeping the club afloat. And um, in terms of of now, he, he's, he's sold... Um, to what he thinks is the right people. And, and as we've just said about the press conferences and stuff, we're, we're pretty excited about them. So we, we, we do think that these are the right people. And, and you've got to give him credit for that, as well as obviously the fact that he's decided um, to take a, a massive hit to the debt that was owed to him for all these years of investment. He's, he's on the rut pretty much... 90% of it. I mean, 80 million pounds been written off is, is a lot of money, especially as what Ben uh, just said about the hospitality sector, that it's very, um, it's been pretty much savage during the pandemic. So in terms of that, his businesses have, have probably suffered massively as well. So to then underwrite 80 million pounds for the football club um, to help the new owners coming in, it is a great gesture, um, but ultimately it, it, it did fail. Uh, Harvey's term of failure, it, it did. Uh, you can't look at it any other way. I, I think David summed it up perfectly about lack of football knowledge and football people. I think had he come in and brought in the right people, then we might have been talking differently, but he didn't. Um, and his own lack of knowledge from that um, stemmed through. And there was no one there really to challenge him and, and really educate him on how to run the football club uh, properly, really. He, he had his people um, in who pretty much didn't question things. And, and as Ben says, that sliding doors moment of that, of that uh, playoff in, in January 2015, that year. I mean, that that is a time when 
uh, a football CEO or chief executive or whatever you want to call them, a football person who is in the football club goes to Marcus Evans and says, right, here is your opportunity. Grasp this with both hands. Please give the manager more money to bring in better quality players but we can get this over the line and in the end what town ended up a few loans um obviously freddie sears came in who wouldn't have been that expensive coming in from colchester and and some free transfers and and in the end town ended up dropping all the way from being top of the table to scraping in on the last day into sixth place so it's 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 a bit shocking, really, for a businessman who obviously must be very astute at what he does to have made so much money, but for some reason not to have been able to grasp that opportunity when it was right there in, in front of him. Um, but everything else, he's, he's made mistakes. I don't think anyone can say Roy uh, at the time Roy Keane was a mistake because I think Roy Keane came in with... The, the the promotion at Sunderland and, and everyone thought, right, this is going to be the big time. And Keane clearly failed badly. Um, and since then, he's almost like, as soon as he got his fingers burnt, that was it. He decided that he wasn't going to kind of give free reign anymore. He was he was going to rein things back in. But, but as, as Ben said, it was like cutting corners. It was... It was basically talking a good game and saying we're going to do it this way we're going to do it that way but trying to do it on the cheap almost <laughs> trying to it, as, as David said it was more about hope than expectation it's kind of he's going to reduce the amount of investment in terms of the playing squad and he may have kept the investment going for the rest of the club and to keep it going but it, it, it's like the the the, the <laughs> Daryl Murphy con and Leon Bestin, I mean, that it's just, it, it's downgrade after downgrade. And then all of a sudden, we've ended up with Mick McCarthy leaving, in, in comes Hurst, and suddenly we've got even more downgrade of players until we've ended up with the squad that we've got right now, who are absolutely pony. But you can't just say that the players in that first team that have been bought in are absolutely pony. You have to say that some of the youth players who, who have featured um, haven't been up to scratch either. And I, I say this, <laughs> um, and I'm sure Mark probably understands, but um, Drynan isn't very good. <laughs> and that's the, the problem. There's, we haven't got a load of young, really talented players suddenly coming in who's banging on the door. And you're thinking, oh, wow, they're going to make a difference. We haven't got that. And, and it's that lack of investment throughout in terms of the players we've brought in and in terms of the players that we've got at the club coming through the youth systems, but has left us to the mess we've got today. And I, I, just, think, I just think he's gone through um, everything, talking a good game, but not having a plan. And trying to do, it's almost like he's scrambling between different plans on his desk. 
right, plan A hasn't worked, right, we're going straight to plan Z. <laughs> let's, let's, let's see if this works. And, and it's just kind of picking a different plan um, after, after plan after plan to try and find something that will work. Um, and it never did. Um, and that's why it's ended up there. And you've got a team that even with all the financial problems that town had, going from a team that was in the playoff mix to get back into the Premier League into a team that is now sitting mid-table and pretty much horrifying everybody with what that absolute dross on Monday was um, 13 years later, even though technically the, the financial situation is a lot more stable. So it's kind of... It's kind of like he's he's kept the club alive, but it's almost like it's been on the life support without any signs of, of life um, under him. And I, I just think it wouldn't have gone any further um, had he stayed. Um, but, I mean, all, all credit to him for trying and, and keeping the club alive, which is the main thing. Um, and... Yeah, he's taken a back seat now. He still is part of the football club. But, um, yeah, uh, I would say four out of ten. I, 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 he's failed um, and I don't think he's particularly made very good decisions. So I don't think he, he deserves to get half marks uh, for that, um, apart from the little bits of credit that he does get for keeping the football club still in existence. Okay then, uh, yeah, John, yeah. Very, quick, very quickly, I just thought I read it um, on Twitter, so again, it's not an original thought, um, but I liked it. I just thought it, it perhaps to sum up Marcus Evans's um, kind of era is that we drew nil nil on Saturday and had no shots on target um, against the mighty Rochdale. You know that probably sums up where we're at. So that's not a good position to be in, is it? So, you know, when he took over, we were arguably a lot better. So, you know, nil-nil away from home, perhaps sums up his bank holiday Monday afternoon as a kind of a nice metaphor for his ownership of the club, just doing enough to get by with no sparkle, with no excitement, with no oomph. So there you go. Go ahead, Liam. Um, I just thought I, I listened to the the main pod earlier. I think what might be the best way, and we all hope that this is the way that we define the Evans era, is that the main kind of takeaway from it hasn't yet happened in the fact that I think Hutchie said it in the main pod that basically we're hoping that from all these 13 years, actually, the biggest impact that Marcus Evans may have had is selling the club on to people who have returned the club to a, a state of being competitive and maybe back to former glory. So in the site, kind of weird, kind of twisted uh, positive on such a... <laughs> A, a languid 13 years, it, it actually may be that the biggest thing he'd done at the very end could actually define his entire 
his entire time at the club, and I'm hoping that is the case. Definitely, as I said, I'll strap Ben in. John, David, Harvey, Liam, let's come and join him and let's um, enjoy the ride when we can. Um, but in other news, uh, we play MK Dons um, on Saturday, um, the Joys. Uh, they are currently sitting in 13th while we're sitting in 8th. Um, I've just looked at the last five games. Four wins and one defeat. So uh, the defeat was their last game. So their winning run is over. But um, will Russell Martin want to get his side back to winning ways? Um, so I'm just going to quickly go over to you guys, get your predictions. Please do not say another goalless draw because I don't know if I could take that again. Um, all the positivity that we've had um, this week has been amazing, definitely after that Rochdale draw. Um, so, John, I want to go over to you first um, as you're, you've been going first the last few times. So I thought I'll continue doing that for you and I'll go over to you, David. But um, you're top of the league in the prediction league for game day, uh, extra time. Um, so what is your prediction? What is anyone else going to copy? <laughs> I'm going to say a 1-0 victory to Twitchtown. I think it's going to be a scrappy, tight affair, and we're going to somehow manage it. Um, that's me being optimistic, Ross. 1-0 to Ipswich Town. All right. I'll take that. Um, just not another nil-nil draw, as I said. David, over to you. You were saying 3 nils recently, or you know, a couple of weeks ago now, since we've had bad results. You've not been going with that. But um, what do you reckon? Do you think the players... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rochdale doesn't doesn't make it easy. I mean, as somebody said earlier on, I mean, the number of games this season that you've enjoyed, but I mean, equally, if you're honest, the number of games of the season that we've deserved to win when we have won has been, I mean, a lot of those wins, really, did we deserve it? You have to question it. Um, For two reasons, no, two and a half reasons, I'm going to be optimistic. The half a reason is the takeover is going to give um, all of those players just an extra spring in their step and they're because they're doubly playing for the contracts now because we've got a bit more budget to bring other players in. That's the half because I don't really believe that. So discount that one. That's bollocks. Um, the other two reasons. One is I just think that we'll, we'll scrape something. It's one of those, you know, it'll be tight. There'll be three shots on target the entire game, two for MK Dons, one for us. Um, it's going to be dire. Ross, you're going to have your head in your hands. It's going to be freezing cold. Um, it's going to be grim. But it's going to be a 1-0 win. And the other reason is because I absolutely fucking hate MK Dons because they shouldn't exist because of Plough Lane. So they stole a club from Wimbledon. They don't deserve to be in the league. And therefore, I can never countenance giving them a win for anything ever. 1-0. Just. So, so, so you are copying John there with a prediction because he's gone 1-0 as well. I've written so. down here. I've written it down before. <laughs> and I, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Um, but well said as ever. Um, Harvey, what do you reckon there, my friend? Um. I'm not quite as optimistic, I, I must admit. <laughs> um, I wish I could be, but as, as excited as I as I have been all week and buzzing, you know, since it's been announced, the reality is, is they're still the same below average players. Um, I think MK Dons are, are, are a decent side. Um, Russell Martin's gone in there and, and done a good job. I know it's the whole 
Ipswich Norwich link, and I'm sure a lot of fans dislike him, but um, you know, he, he plays kind of 3 5 1 1 formation, which seems to be working quite well for them. They pass the ball around really well. They've got some decent players. Um, the lad Fraser, who usually plays off the striker, is, is a really good player. So it's, it's going to be a tough game. That you know they've been on a decent run, as you said, apart from that that last result where they lost. So um, I don't think we'll lose, but I, I'm, I'm going to go for a one-one, um, only because, as I said, that they're a decent side, and quite frankly, Colwyn Bay under nines could be could be as the way we played against Rochdale. So um, I'd, I'd love to be opt- as, as optimistic as, as the other boys, but um, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a one-one. And um, hot take, you know, I haven't done one of them in a while. Uh, I think Ollie Hawkins is going to come on and score a header to make it 1-1. Why not? Why not? Why not? I just, I just want someone to score a goal. Or just have a shot on target, please. Or just, just yeah. have a shot. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben, our, our home form is not too bad. Um, so possibly that could be a, a positive thing to talk about. Um, I'm sorry to say, Ben, you are, of course, bottom of the game day extra time leaderboard, but you did come in late, so you've got a lot of points to to get back up. But um, is it a time for you to shine and get the multiple points this weekend? What are you thinking? The reason why I'm so rubbish at it is because I keep thinking we're going to win and score goals. Through um, <laughs> blind optimism. I mean, last week, I will, I will tell everyone, anybody who's listening, um, I predicted 3-2 at Rochdale because um, I saw that they can 69 goals and thought any team who can see that many goals surely we can bag a few and I'm not confident because I thought they'd have to save themselves from relegation they'd go for it as well how wrong could I have been um, I think Harvey's right I think it's going to be 1-1 um, I can't bring myself to say we're going to lose because that just sounds awful on an Ipswich Town podcast Um so, yeah, let's say 1-1. I must say, there is a huge caveat and asterisk to my prediction that, I, you know, there's murmurs that Norwood, Downs and KBY are getting closer to fitness. And if, if two of those three are miraculously fit enough to play, I think actually we'll, we'll nick it. I think we'll nick it 2-1 if two of those three play. So, have a look at the team sheet. If two of those play, then uh, my prediction changes to 2-1. But if not, 1-1. And, um, yeah, I, I just can't see, even though it's fantastic and this has been a... You know, wonderful recording, so much good uh, good news and excitement around the club. I don't see how we're going to change it around on the pitch um, immediately. So, uh, sorry to end on a boring down. <laughs> That's right, we've still got Liam. Hopefully he will bring it up. But, um, of course, the sad takeaway from this game is, you know, that, that stadium would have been electric. You know, I'm sure that would be... You know, ticket people who didn't have season tickets, I'm sure they would have gone out and just bought a ticket and wanted to go to... I know... The owners, I don't know if the owners would have been there or not. Um, possibly it would have been. Um, but that would have been a full house at Porton Road. And um, I'm sure that would have been a different, you know, feeling going into this. But um, Liam, what do you reckon? Uh, are you going to go for a win and have a tight game? Or are you going to be a downer and say a defeat? Um, I mean, I'm like David. I don't really want to give MK Dons any credit. Um <sighs> I don't think we'll lose because I think defensively we've... we've We've been okay. Um, I mean, we've we've not not been too bad defensively. We've conceded a few goals, but I think it sums up. I think Toto was the best player on the park in the two games over Easter. Um, I think he he was perfectly fine at Rochdale, um, and I thought he was pretty good actually in the, in the face of 
quite a lot of pressure from Bristol Rovers. So um, I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable that Town will be able to defend and, and not lose heavily. Um, but do I think Town are going to score a goal? Uh, that's the big question. Um, and if they you, do... Don't you say it. Only... Don't you say it. Don't you say it. Don't say another goal to draw. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say nil-nil um, because I just... I'm 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 going to actually say I was going to say one nil, um, to town, um, like David and John said. Um, I am I am wavering though to think about maybe saying a one nil defeat just to be different, so that I may get some points maybe, <laughs> um, in the prediction league. Because frankly, I, I it, I've kind of I should care because as I said earlier, if we got into the championship, then how, what an even bigger exciting summer we've got ahead of us. But I just, I just don't see this optimism of where we're going to get into the playoffs. And then obviously in the playoffs, we'll probably get uh, comfortably beaten. I don't think we'll get bad. I just think it will just be comfortable. <laughs> I think we'll play huff and puff and those teams will just have their arms out and keep us there and we won't get near them. So, um I don't think we will go up, and I just think these players need to get in the bin. Because I, 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 are you telling me that if Paul Cook and we're saying that Paul Cook knew that this was going to happen when he was appointed a month ago, are we saying that the players didn't know that this was going on in the background, and yet the performances have essentially been worse since Cook has got in? <laughs> it's it's kind of like well. Clearly, if people are thinking that the players might try and play for a contract now that there might be a bit more money on offer and 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 really show what they're made of, well, I'm sure they knew this was happening in the background and they clearly haven't shown it. So, frankly, they can all get in the bin to me. They, they really just haven't shown anything. But as the ever optimist, I will go 1-0 to town. I won't say a 1-0 defeat. I don't want to be that guy. Um, and frankly, for you telling us all to strap in, I might just wait until the summer before uh, before I strap in and and actually properly get on the roller coaster. Fair enough, because um, yeah, hopefully we'll have our exciting summer in terms of signings, and um, hopefully fans will be allowed to go to games again because um, it's been a, a dreadful season, a dreadful year, uh, Harvey. Yeah, I just wanted to very, very quick kind of change the subject as well. Um, sure. I just wanted to bring up the the um, really, really sad news about the the Yeovil captain, um, mm. which I saw mm. the other day, which is which is really, really awful and um, kind of made me think about because I saw Luke Thomas's tweet earlier as well about how you know he's been kind of suffering over the last few weeks and, and wanted to take you know a break from football and things like that, which just goes to show that. You know, even as footballers who are a lot of people's idols, you know, they can suffer as much as anyone. So it was just it was just a kind of message to say that, you know, if anyone listening is, is kind of feeling like that or feeling down or just wants to chat, you know, feel free to, to message me and I'm sure the boys will echo it as well. You know, even a, a chat about football, you know, about the, the takeover or anything like that can can really help someone. So it's just a just a quick one just to say that, you know, if anyone is feeling like that then you know, like like the rest of us, I'm sure we're uh, happy to have a chat. 
Well said, my friend. Well said. I think that's a perfect way to up, oh, John. I just want to say, you know, the last 12 months has been crap for everybody. And uh, linking in for what Harvey's saying, isn't it nice that we've had so much more positivity to talk about? So linking with what Harvey's saying about people feeling down, hopefully this gives all uh, Ipswich Town fans a boost because, you know, we haven't had a lot to cheer about and little things or things that aren't life or death necessarily, but your passion for football can be so uplifting, can't it? So, like, you know, let's hope that the summer starts bringing some positivity back into all of our lives as well and help everybody's mental state. Definitely well said, boys. Um, so, yes, the new dawn is here. Um, we're strapping in for a very good ride, minus Liam. He's coming in the summer. Um, but <laughs> thank you, as ever, for listening. Thank you, John, David, Liam, Harvey and Ben for joining me. What a show it's been. It's been a lot of positivity, some negativity about, of course, Marcus Evans, but that era is gone. It's now here for a new dawn. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Game Day Extra Time. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the platforms on Kings of Anglia. Uh, if you're watching this on video, hello, hello. Um, I'm sure you um, loved David's little um, little walks around his kitchen, Ben going for a drink, Harvey going for a drink and all that. But it's just more for you to see us. And if you're listening on uh, this on pod, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't matter for you. But I'm sure you'll have been loving hearing our voices. Uh, But enough of of me. Let's wrap up. Uh, Thank you as ever for listening. And we'll see you next week. And hear us next week as well. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.